And now, thanks to our sponsor, the Pet Shop Boys, your pet care experts, it's Pet Chat on 2NURFM 103.7. As we welcome along for the very first time for 2014, our vet, Dr. Robert Stabler, Dr. Bob, and also Daniel Carrington. Hello, you two. How are we? We're well. I mean, I'm well. Danny's well. <laughs> I'm fantastic, thanks, Dave. And welcome back to the show for the year. Oh, my Dr. pleasure. Bob. I love it. I missed it. I bet you did. We have a good time while we're on this show, especially with Dave, don't we? We do. Now, Dr. Bob, what have you got for a topic that you'd like to talk about today? To tug or not to tug? That's the question. What? Well, it's about play. Should we play tug of war or shouldn't we? Oh, with, with, with the dog in that. And, uh, exactly. As in, could we possibly wreck their teeth or something? Or is it safe? Do they, does it make oh, them more aggressive? Okay. Does it make them more likely to mouth you? Yes. Well, we will All find out. Interesting. You'll let mm. us know about that today. And what about you, Daniel? What have you got for us? Look, I've got a very interesting current topic at the moment, Dave. Do you believe there's over 2,000 cats and kittens in New South Wales that are in shelters that need rehoming? Oh. Over 2,000. Okay. So we'll be talking regarding this topic to Tracy from Hunter Valley Cat Haven and discuss some issues. We will do that, plus we'll be taking your calls. If you're listening now and you'd like to talk to Dr. Bob, our vet, you can give him a call on 49216216. We'll be here right through until 1 o'clock today at 2NURFM. Joining us for Pet Chat today, Daniel Carrington and a very special guest. This is an interesting topic you've got for us today. It is, David. We've got Tracy Burkle from Hunter Valley Cat Haven, who's a a cat rescue organisation in the Hunter, rescuing cats who need to be uh, adopted. Now, Tracy, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. Tracy, I was I was uh, really really upset to hear that uh, in the New- well it was in the Newcastle Herald last week. There's over two thousand cats, I believe, um, who need to be rehomed who are at shelters uh, uh, at the moment who've been just dropped off or left at shelters or found. Is that correct? Yes, um, the RSPCA uh, reported that they had over two thousand. Um, and I'm not quite sure what the um, private rescues have, but we have a lot as well. Okay. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about Hunter Valley Cat Haven. What do you guys do? Um, Hunter Valley Cat Haven was started by myself and Angela. We started last year, March. First of all, we thought we would just um, take in adult cats and rehabilitate them and um, give them that second chance that they needed. But um, we've been inundated with kittens. So we have now ta- we now take in the kittens as well. Okay, why so many kittens? Um, I'm not quite sure. I would have thought that the message of desexing would have gotten across to people, but there seems to be a certain element that just don't care. Um, there's a lot of free kittens. I had a quick look today on Gumtree. Um, they're given away without being microchipped, um, they're certainly not desexed, and people just take them for the novelty, it's spur of the moment, and unfortunately they're around six weeks old when they give them away, which is against law, um, and then by the time the poor kitten reaches 12 weeks old, they just want to dump them in a shelter. Okay, so are you saying people that might be getting these free kittens off Gumtree, for example, when the kitten gets 12 weeks old, they'll dump them? Or is it the person that's got the kittens, they can't move them on, they dump them? Well, um, it would be both. Um, This weekend we were given a mother cat with seven newborn kittens that was dumped on Old Maitland Road, the Cessnock End. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that in itself is very, very sad. Okay, so why um, is it is there like a, a season for cats now that there's so many kittens this time of year? 
It is breeding season, um, so we are all, um, all rescues and the RSPCA are all um, struggling to cope. Um, we're just trying to get the message out there that, um, you know, that you have to desex your pet. There's just too many of them. Um, we can't take them all. It's, it's impossible, and neither can the RSPCA. Um, and where are they going to go? Who's going to look after them? What options do they have? Are you putting a call out uh, to people who do want to adopt cats uh, to, to contact yourselves and other cat rescue organisations? Yes, it doesn't matter what organisation it is that you adopt from. We shouldn't be encouraging these people that, um, that don't dissect their pets um, to continue to breed. Yes. You know, if it, if it was harder for them to, you know, as they call it, get rid of these kittens, they might... But you know, um, get their cat desexed. I guess it was it re- harder for them to put them on Gumtree up as free. Yeah, I guess it is. It is difficult because someone might look at that free ad on Gumtree and think, "I will go and rescue a, a, a kitten. It's free, and I'll rescue it." But then, is that also supporting that person to breed another litter at a later date? Or well, I personally think it is yes. um, because the litter was so easy to to I quote them get rid of. Um, However, if you get a kitten from a rescue organisation, it's already desexed, it's vaccinated, it's microchipped, it's vet checked, and you're looking at around a hundred dollars to one fifty. If you ring up vets and do your research first, get your quotes on how much it's going to cost you for desexing, you will find that all rescues um, have the better offer, yeah. and you're helping cats and kittens. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? So, yeah, in, in some cases, by just going and getting these free free kittens off Gumtree of someone who's had a litter might not be ideal. No, and it can be an impulse, you mm. know, and you could even grab two because they're lovely and they're cute, but they do grow up and you have to have them desexed. Also, we mustn't forget registration. Um, they must be registered as well. Lifetime registered. And I guess if you are buying from a cat breeder, and I know most registered cat breeders will desex their cats anyway. Yes, the registered breeders, um, they take a lot of responsibility for what they do, and it's not spur of the moment with them. It's the free kittens. I mean, they're all over Facebook as well. Wow. People just are trying to offload them. Yep. And and a lot of the times the kittens... um, they're, you know, we're seeing them advertised at five weeks. They should still be with their mum. At that age. Yes, uh, they should. So apart from desexing, any other recommendations that people can, can abide by to avoid their cats roaming streets, I guess, and, and uh, therefore then somehow uh, getting a, a litter later on down the track? Well, yeah, um, they need to be desexed um, at an early age and, you know, you speak to your vet about that if you're not getting one from a rescue. Um, if you do pick up a free one, um, you need to talk to your vet and have it desexed before it comes in season. Um, I wouldn't recommend having cats out of the night time. It's okay if it's daytime, supervised time outside or a secure cat enclosure. Yes. Um, and then inside of the night time and enjoy your pet. Well, look, Tracy. Thank you very much for bringing that to our attention. If people do want to get in contact, uh, it's uh, Hunter Valley Cat Haven. I'm sure if you Google that, you'll come up in searches. But there's other cat rescue organisations in the Newcastle area too. Yes, 
Thank you, Daniel. There we go. More details, uh, of course, here at 2 in your FM. If you're after that, just give us a call on 4921555. We're continuing with uh, Pet Chat and we're taking your calls. Would you like to give us a call? There's a spare line waiting for you right now. 49216216. You'll be able to get through and talk to our vet, Dr. D- uh, Robert Stabler. He'll be more than happy to chat to you and we'll take your calls after this. 49216216. Newcastle and the Hutter Valley's 2 in your FM 103.7. It's Pet Chat today and we're taking calls on 49216216. Our vet, Dr. Bob, is here. And for you, our first caller today is Leanne from Cookshill. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Good. How can we help you today, Leanne? Just a question. My son was away on holidays and he um, came home with a baby fig bird that had been thrown out of the nest and he's nursed it and it's going really, really well. And he's just wondering, come the time when it's time to release the bird, is there a place he can take it to locally or...? Probably the best thing to do would be to ring Native Animal Trust Fund and they would have particular carers that would specialise in different species of birds or in particular um, areas and so they would have the better idea of where that should go. The problem with um, resettling any bird that has been out of the nest is what are the other birds in the area going to do to it? Bullying, territory sort of thing. So it needs to be in a, a, a big area where there's lots of resources and food and water and and it's not going to be bullied by other birds. So I think that's probably the best shot, or try one of the local uh, vets who are interested in birds. They'd most likely know as well. Okay. And what was that name again? National... Native Animal Trust Fund, N-A-T-F. Okay, then. Thank you. Thanks, Leanne. 49216216 is the phone number for Pet Chat, and the person that's called that now is Marion from Thornton. Marion, how can we help you? Uh, Good afternoon. I was just wondering, is it compulsory to have cats registered? It is. Um, they should be registered from six months of age. Um, when animals are sold, they should be microchipped or given away um, before they're given away. So that's why, as, as we're talking before with the um, Hunter Valley Cat Haven and other uh, reputable rescue groups, they should be microchipped, vaccinated, wormed, flea controlled, desexed. Um, so that way, once they're microchipped, they're identified. And so it means that then the person changes that registration or identification to their name. And that's, that's a big issue as well, that, yeah, everybody needs to keep their details up to date on the New South Wales Companion Animal Register. So that if we do find an animal that's lost, we can scan for the microchip and return that home, animal to its home as soon as possible. What was your situation, Marion? I just wondered, uh, the grandson wanted to get a little kitten. Yep. It was given away. Yep. So, yeah, I just wondered. Yeah, no, it's important to look after them. And, 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 and as uh, Tracy was saying, it's responsibility. We really need to be aware of what our animals are. It is a 10 to 15-year lifespan, and we have to help them to, uh, to, to look after them for that whole time. Um, it's a bit easier than parenting and grandparenting. That's 60 <laughs> years or more. But with pets, it's uh, 10 to 15. But it still is a commitment, building relationship, having time, and really so much better than watching telly or, or watching Facebook all day. Much more interactive. <laughs> Thanks, right, Marion. Thank you for that. Have thank a great you. day. Have you got a question or a problem with your pet? If you do have, you can give us a call, 49216216. It's Pet Chat. We're here right through until 1 o'clock today. And we continue with calls right now. Terry joins us, and Terry's with us from Wickham. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, I was listening earlier. Did that lady that was online say that she had 2,000 cats and kittens that she was looking for home for? Uh, no, no, it's, t- uh, it's 2,000 cats in New South Wales, in the whole of the state, 
between all the different uh, shelters uh, in, in the RSPCA, there's 2,000 cats that need to be rehomed. So how many are we looking at across all the states? That's across the state in New South Wales, but we don't know across all of the states. No, I don't know, and I can certainly look that up and, and, and come back with that information, though. But it's a, it's a humongous amount, and that's just cats. That's not talking about dogs and puppies. The main reason, Terry, that we have this influx in around um, sort of December, January, February is the, the cat breeding season sort of starts off, you have all the tomcats roaming about and fighting and then we get this surge in pregnancies um, and then the cat, when it has its kittens, three days later can actually become pregnant again within mm. three days. So then you get this second hump at the time of the year, if you like, and that's when this February sort of, um, you've got just so many kittens around. So, so important to desex your animal, so important to be responsible, keep your cats inside all the time. What happened was there was about 569 cats around the state that needed rehoming in September of last year. By November, it actually went to 1,169, and now in the new year, it's over 2,000 cats. Mm. And people, as they were saying before, want the kittens, they don't want the adult cats because kittens are cute and cuddly and bounce around. But really it's about committing to them for life and helping them to have a really good time. Our vet doctor Bob taking your calls and Lynn joining us now from Swansea. Hello, good afternoon. How are you Lynn? I'm fine, thank you. Um, I have a 13-year-old Jack Russell who is being driven mad with an itch at the moment. Yep. Um, she's just rolling on everything she can possibly find to relieve it. I've got Neocort cream. Yep. Um, she's got one hot spot, I'll put that on. And also I've tried... Um, um, they're like an antihistamine. Yep. Um, and I bath her in oatmeal shampoo, but she's still got a smell about her skin and she's just been driven crazy. What else can I do? The, the difficulty, Lynn, is as we get older, um, speaking for the dog and myself, we smell more. <laughs> <laughs> so um, keeping hygiene up is important, but it's also when you get, when you get really itchy, um, just ice water, um, on a bit of ice water in the, in the sink and a washer, hold that on to the really red spots yes. and that just takes away the inflammation, reduces the blood flow, helps to feel a bit better. Once it's a bit more settled, then moisturiser, just normal people hum- moisturiser. The, okay. the Neocort, which has antibiotic and a cortisone in it, for the really red patches, put that on twice a day for three to four days. But if it is really bad, make sure your flea control's up to date. Yeah, definitely that add, is. <laughs> add a bit of fish oil to the diet, which helps with the anti-inflammatory effect. Right. Really, if it's out of control and it's driving you mad, it's certainly driving the dog mad. So yeah. down to the vet for a, a checkup. At this age as well, you get all these um, hormones and chemistry and physiological changes. Okay. So what used to be in balance... Um, is is out of balance, so yeah, it's just all one right of those then. things that happens when I get old. I mean, when the animal gets old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Have a great Bye. day. Thank you. And we've got Tony with us now, and he's with us from Millfield. Hello, David. Hi, Hi Tony. How can we help you? I've got two uh, female dogs. One's a Ridgeback, and one's a Labrador. They're about nine to ten years old, yes. and I've bring up. RSPCAs and vets, I've got uh, vet nurses next to me and they can't help me with the problem that I've got with the dogs. What they're doing is they're digging holes in the fresh soil and all they're doing is eating the soil, not the grass. And um, you're giving a, a 
balanced dry food so that they're getting all their appropriate nutrition? Right. Now, I'll tell you what I've been giving them. I, I used to give them tinned food with, yep. mixed with biscuits. Then I changed. I give them chicken wings and biscuit bones and dry biscuits in a, a separate dish. Yep. And they're still doing it. Okay. And um, it can be an obsessive sort of habit that once they start doing it, it's really good fun because the other one's doing it, the, you know, th- this one does it too. Plus, you also said it's fresh dirt, and, I mean, that's going to have nice smells in it, isn't it? And yeah. Because it's been dry up until last night, it's as well that, that it just looks and feels different. So um, if they're more towards the fence, the holes, then they're trying to escape. If it's more in a shady area, they like to have just a little... If you like, just a little, um, what's a nice word? Uh, well, a little bit like a dip in the soil uh, yeah. to, to sort of uh, gather around in and lay in. Yeah, yeah, and just hide from the sun a bit and just that, that soil smells good. But eating it is a thing called pica, which is an obsessive behaviour indicator of anxiety so oh. or some irritable bowel issues. The other thing you could try is make sure you worm them out a couple of yeah. times to make sure... My yard's done to look like an 18 hole. Yes, yeah, or the landscape of the moon. Um, I have friends who have said their two dogs create a, a lovely moonscape for them, but yeah. not good but for your ankles. On the grass, we put, we got the septic. Ah, uh, okay. And the septic sort of wets all parts of the yard itself, yep. uh, and yeah. we don't know if that's involved with yeah. it. It could be adding that extra aroma that makes it so much more fun for them. Yeah. Um, I call it a familiar family aroma adjustment submission <laughs> when they roll in something smelly and come and rub on you so that we all smell a nice way together. If that's cow poo, not so good. It is a very. It would be a very hard habit to break in that environment, wouldn't it, Dr Bob? Try to change, give them other things to think about, a little bit more play, short walks outside the yard so they've got other I things see. to think about, and towels and things so that if they do, I lie on, lie on them, or they can rip them apart and that gives them something else to do rather than eat dirt. <laughs> okay, then. Thank you very much for that, David. You have a good afternoon. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Bye. It, it's Pet Chat 49216216 at 2 in your RFM. Oh, yeah, it's Pet Chat back for 2014. Our vet, Dr. Bob, is with us today, along with Daniel Carrington, and taking your calls on 49216216, as we're joined now by Mark from Gosford. Mark, how G'day. can I help you? G'day, how are you? Good. Look, I just uh, we've got a 12-year-old uh, husky who's unfortunately been diagnosed with some heart problems last year. Um, yep. late last year, and she's been on Fortical and yep. Vetmedin. Um, now, the vet who originally diagnosed her and sent me to see a, another vet to uh, do some scans and whatever, he's a lot closer to me. And the girl said, look, you know, get the vets, uh, the, the meds from him. He said, look, he said, ask your vet if uh, Elanoprol will be okay. Yep. I asked the vet, and he said, yeah, it's the same stuff. Yep. Apparently, it's not the same stuff. So Max said, look, you know, ring Sydney Uni. And they didn't want to know me either. <laughs> It's important, it's important that um, if you've been to see a specialist that you keep in contact with that specialist. Was yes. he actually a specialist or was it um, just a vet who was doing the scan? He was just a vet, but he, he specialised in cardiac. He's got a cardiac machine there and all okay. that sort of stuff. Right, yeah. He's the one that's put her on, onto Fortical and he yep. said, look, Lanoprol's the same stuff. It's not much cheaper. The yep. other vet said, look, it's a third the price and it's a different drug. Yeah, so it really that each drug that, that the vet would have put, them, put the dog on is for yes. a slightly different purpose. So um, either to increase the muscle contractions of the heart or yes. to reduce the load on the heart. And at a, in a 12-year-old husky, it is that the, the tickers, yeah, had a fair bit of, of life. So yep. um, these, these hot days that we've had, really knocking around the old dogs, so just a, a wet towel on the tile so she can yes. retreat to that and lie on that. Um, even in the air conditioning, and then um, 
that they can get off that and get warm again. But um, it's very important to maintain the connection with the vet that's prescribing the drugs. Otherwise, you get, as you've got, into a confusion situation and that's not helping the dog. We've got Kim joining us now for you and she's with us from Jesmond. Kim. Oh, good Hi, how are you? Good. Look, I've got a problem, or a new problem. I've just moved into an apartment with my little Foxy and um, whilst he's fine with the toileting during the day when I'm there, if I'm ever not there or during the night, I just can't achieve a, a toileting regime for him or get him to do... Um, his wheeze and that. I can't toilet train him inside, basically. How old is he? Dexter's about four. He's like a rescue dog. And he's been desexed? Yep. Good. Yep. The most important thing with toileting is routines, exactly as you said. So it's important that um, uh, most... Most of us, dogs, animals, people, if you eat and drink a bit, then you feel as though you need to go to the loo. So if um, you give him regular meals, morning, noon and night, then take him out for a short five-minute walk afterwards. That way his... Yep, that way his tummy's a bit full and everything's bouncing around together there, so when you go outside, he's more likely to mark territory. Inside the house is really difficult because... Um, he's sort of learning a new place. If you've just learnt the move to an apartment, I'm not a huge fan of the puppy mats and the um, artificial grass things that you can get that they can urinate on. Really, toilet training, it, yeah, they just don't work. It's far better to go outside onto normal grass because that's where they learn the, the toilet training skills. Um, getting into a routine means that his bladder is better in a routine and it helps you to be in a bit of a routine. Um, it's the same as us. We like those, those familiar things. All right, hopefully that helps you. Kim gives you a little bit of direction there, and we thank you for your call on 49216216 for Pet Chat. Now, Dr. Bob, the big question of the day. To tug of war or not to tug of war with our dogs? It is a question, isn't it? Yes. So I get so many um, people asking me this, and really it's about safety. So if you can play happily tug of war with a towel or a rope toy with your dog, and it can stop on a dime. So you're playing and, and growling, you or the dog, and, and you're having a good time and bouncing around and giving chiropractic adjustments to its neck as you're swinging it around, <laughs> then, and then you can stop and it says, right, that's it, then that's okay. But if it continues to growl or pushes the toy against your leg or won't let go of it, then you might have some issues. So can there be some aggression issues there from the animal? It, it's important that you set a leadership standard and reasonable boundaries. So usually what I say to people is you do sit, stay, drop with treats first, train them to be calm, you deep breathe and help the dog to reflect your calmness and then you say, right, tug of war and off you go. You can imagine me doing that. Yeah, you know, yeah. You've got that sight in your eyes. I'm you? just imagining you doing it with a great Dane dog. Oh, dog. yeah. <laughs> any, any dog, it's fine. I'm great. <laughs> just hope the videos don't end up on YouTube. But anyway, um, so you have fun, but then you stop again. Mm. And what is teaching is self-control. You're allowed to be silly. Mm. My wife says that to me sometimes, not often, <laughs> but I'm allowed to be silly, but then I have to be sensible. And by teaching that, the dog is actually practicing calming down. But... It is a boy thing as well. It's a Y chromosome teasing gene sort of thing and, and, and they want to get involved. But if you don't feel comfortable, don't do it because the dog already senses that, sees that you're worried, smells that you're worried about it. So it's best not to if you don't feel comfortable, but it does not cause aggression. We've got our final call of the day right now. Joining us from Merriweather, let's say hello to Peter. Peter. 
Oh, good morning. How are you? Good. How can I help you? Uh, well, I have a poodle um, who is having problems with her anal glands. We've taken it to the vet a couple of times, um, as recently as yesterday, and they've, and they've been squeezed. Yep. Um, but uh, and so they were emptied yesterday. But today, as as in previous times, she she's still um, really sensitive about the area. She yep. sits down continuously. Yep. And just licks licks the area. Yep. It is one of those problems that. How old is the dog? Yeah, so it can be sometimes, and I, I have a theory about anal glands. It's certainly why dogs smell each other's butts. I don't know why they want to do that, but they do. And I think they get lots of interest, inf- interesting information about character, about um, personality, age, male, desexed or not, all that sort of thing. Oh, it's not just what they had for breakfast. No. <laughs> it, it's that, but once those glands get a bit enlarged, they get irritated, the more the animal rubs or licks and scoots on the ground, dragging its bottom. Again, why they would don't want to do that on concrete, I don't know. But um, the more irritated they get. So, and the squeezing doesn't, you know, you can do that every couple of weeks. Some um, good... Um, Places that bath and groom, animals will do that for you every time you take them down for a groom. But sometimes we have to actually get to the point of taking the anal glands out. It's not good and we don't like to do it, but it is sometimes in these animals that are going to have continual issues. It is a problem. The other thing I would do is make sure you worm her out a few times because sometimes right. irritation from too many worms wriggling around in the bowel can cause these issues. Being a poodle as well, maybe some irritable bowel, anxiety-related symptoms can be related to that um so yeah it's it's checking it out and if it's not improving then you may have to go to a the next option it what is it having any trouble passing the motion is it not no no she's all good a pretty in regular part. little poodle good yeah um so it can be if you've moved house um, i also find some animals will mark territory by actually scooting on the ground Huskies will actually roll their shoulder and rub that on the grass. No, she tends not to rub on the ground. She just sits down. And, and a very quick sit. Mm. Yeah, like a thump. So, yeah, there's something irritating her there. So I'd certainly try the worm tablets now and again in a fortnight. I would put on a um, an intestinal diet type food to see if that might help to settle the bowel and get the anal gland squeezed every two to three weeks. Okay, Peter, good luck with that. And uh, please give us a call. Let us know in the next week or two how things go. I hope there's an improvement for you you and uh, your animal. Now, three minutes away from one, the latest from the Hunter Newsroom coming up at one o'clock. Any dog shows that we know of on this weekend, Daniel? Not coming this weekend, no. No, nothing there? Okay, then. No news. No news is good news. Is that right, Dave? Hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with, no, Dr. Bob? Well, I just wanted to uh, raise the point that Dr. Bob was saying about worming. Yep. Um, being in the pet industry, I do find it quite surprising how many people actually don't worm their pets regularly. And the difficulty with all the new heartworm and flea mm. stuff, and, and some of the, they say they do everything, but they don't. They might not do tapeworm. Yes. And so you've really got to get back to get doing this regular worming every three months. And although there's a lot of claims on a lot of new products, I'm old. Some, I, also, yeah. some of the monthly products for yes. worming don't do tapeworms, no. so you've got to be careful got with to be that very too. Careful. Mm. All righty, gents. Thank, thank you. you so very much for that. We'll catch you in a few weeks' time, Dr. Wonderful. Bob. Thanks, also, Dave. Daniel, you'll be back with us next week, or maybe sure Julie Tolliday soon. No, I'll be back next week. Okay, take care. Coming along soon, we will have Sarah Farley-Adams. That's our pet chat for this week at 2 in your RFM 103.7.